our friend Anthony Robbins, who we both love and adore, you know, he says, fear, fear is false expectations appearing real. I'm George Markoski, welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Hello, hello. Hi, George Markoski and Vesna Grubovich here coming to you live at the Australian Property Chat. Hello, Vesna, and welcome. Hello, George. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. Now, guys, if you're watching, please type in hashtag live. Obviously, if you're watching the replay, type in hashtag replay. What an exciting session. We're going to be talking about mindset. Dr. Vesna Grubovich, I should say doctor. Dr. Vesna, she's been a friend of mine for over 20 years. She's a qualified hypnotherapist, qualified neurolinguistic programmer, timeline therapist. And what else is there? There must be some other stuff because you're a doctor as well. Uh, yes, the PhD is in clinical hypnotherapy. Yep. And also techniques that I've developed from my own PhD, Q to Respect I as well. Um, and uh, also author, Deep Sabotaging Your Confidence book. Oh, yep. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Media commentator, speaker, just the works, George. <laughs> Fantastic. And look, tonight we're going to be talking about something very important. We're, talk, we're going to be talking about fear and also your relationship with money and all of the mindset stuff. And Vesta's an expert in the mindset stuff. She's amazing. She's really good. I'm very excited about doing this. And guys, you know, if you've got any questions, anything to do with mindset, your relationship with money, fear, anything like that, confidence, hi from work, hello, just type in your questions and we're going to hopefully answer them at the end of the show. But we're going to start and let's talk about fear. Um, what is fear? Why do people experience fear? What's going on there? Fear. Fear is an emotion. And there's actually three different types of fear. There's fear, the actual emotion itself. There's uh, fear of. So people have fear of something specific and they're actually beliefs, limiting beliefs. And there's also anxiety, which is fear related to future, more about worry and what could happen. So three different types of fear. So if we look at the first type, you know, the actual emotion, the real question is, is the emotion appropriate for the situation or is it out of proportion? Okay, because it's okay to have a little bit of fear in certain situations. Like, you know, for example, uh, George, if you're walking down a dark alley in a city suburb of Adelaide uh, late at night on your own and you heard a noise, you'd probably get a little bit jumpy, wouldn't you? Not in Adelaide, but maybe or Sydney or Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Touche. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you, you might get a little bit jumpy because it's like, this totally. is your, yeah, fight, flight or freeze response kicking in, protecting you because there's perceived danger or an actual danger being present. It is appropriate fear. Then we have out of proportion fear, which is over the top. It's irrational. Okay, so it's an irrational fear and people overreact with fear to a situation. And in those situations, that sort of fear causes inaction. It causes people to procrastinate, causes people to avoid things, causes people to be distracted by other things and stay stuck pretty much. Okay, so that's the problem type of fear. Yeah, okay, yes. And look, our friend Anthony Robbins, who we both love and adore, you know, he says fear. Fear is false expectations appearing real. <laughs> yes, except people who feel the fear uh, feel it as if it's real. It's real for them. Yes, okay. so, yeah, exactly. And I think what you're talking about, um, you know, so when it comes to fear, okay, let's say, for example, because I want to talk about property because this is what we're talking about here. Yes. Now, there's lots of people who fear about investing in property. They're really scared. And, look, buying a property is probably – 
the biggest thing you can do in your life. Yes. You know, except for maybe getting married, buying a property is the second biggest thing. You know, I mean, those two things are two biggest things. So they're scary things when you're doing big things. And, you know, I do think that if people don't know what they're doing, they should have fear because you shouldn't just jump in guns a blazing. So tell me, um, what do we do there? Yeah, I think it's very, very important that people do their research and due diligence with any major decision. I think that's important. Uh, you need to do the analysis and talk to you know, experts and get advice from people like yourself, George, you know, who know the industry and so forth. Um, and then once you have all the facts, once you have all the information, then you need to make a decision you're happy with. And that requires people to trust themselves. It requires people to trust themselves to make that decision. And often if people have a fear of trusting themselves, if people have fears about what could go wrong, if people have fear of failure or even fear of success, these are all beliefs that hold people back and uh, getting the way of them actually making a decision. Yep, yep, exactly. And I, I do think that one thing that you're saying exactly is education and learning something and knowing something stops that fear. And one, one thing that people are always fearful of is getting out of their comfort zone. Oh, yes. That's a normal thing for every human. And what I've been trying lately, actually, I've been getting, trying to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Good. Right? And so what I've been doing lately since it's winter is I've been having cold showers every morning. Excellent. And you know what? First time I did it, I didn't like it very much at all. I'm sure. <laughs> it wasn't my favourite thing at all. But, but after a while now that I've been doing it for about two weeks straight, Actually, now it's so comfortable. It's fine. And, I, and I'm not, I don't fear it. I used to fear it because I used to sit and go, oh, no, I have to have a cold shower this morning. I promised myself. And I always try to keep my promises to myself or anyone else. And I thought, oh, why did I promise myself? Damn, so I'm in the shower. And now, now I'm used to it, so it's okay. So I think getting used to something can get rid of fear too, can't it? Yes, it, ha it can. So uh, people need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and the comfort zone is called a comfort zone for a reason because it's comfortable. You know, yep. People are used to it. Uh, they know what to do. It gives them a sense of certainty. And stepping outside a comfort zone is uncertain. It's unknown. Okay? So the unknown can be scary for some people because they haven't done it before. Totally. But as, I, as what I believe is everything good mm -hmm. is just out of your comfort zone. You know, the relationship you want, the job you want, the property investing, the lifestyle, everything, just out of your comfort zone because in your comfort zone, you're going to have what you've already got. But if you want more than what you've got, you need to get out of your comfort zone, don't you? Yes, and also uh, my view is that as human beings, we need to keep learning and growing. And the only way we can learn and grow is to step out of the comfort zone. By staying in the comfort zone, we get stale, we get bored, we get frustrated. Okay, We, we yearn for something different after a while. So it's very important to keep challenging ourselves, even baby steps, okay? Make a phone call, uh, send an email. A little baby step will start to stretch their comfort zone bit by bit. You know what? I like that because I think that's a great way to do it because I know uh, sometimes I can't be bothered to work out. Okay. And what I do is I go to the gym, get dressed in the gym and sit down on the floor. And I'm sitting in the gym, sitting on the floor, and guess what happens? I, every single time I have a workout, even if I didn't feel like it before, because by sitting in the gym, you, you look like an idiot doing nothing. 
Um, <laughs> a Facebook user, someone said, don't they say use beer as a compass? A compass for? Yeah, I don't know. So can you please um, expand that, please? We've got another question here. Dr. Vetna, how do you deal with negative family who are against property investing? Good question. I love that question. It's a great question. And that, look, that happens a lot. Yeah. And I'll give you a bit of a story, and then you can tell us a bit what we should do about it. Yes. I didn't, I didn't come, I didn't find a really good pollution, but I remember when I first started investing in property and I wanted to invest, you know, I was at the barbecue and um, a, a friend of the family's, um, he was a lawyer and he's like, oh, George, you're an idiot. You shouldn't invest now. Property's going to go down. And then, you know, my cousin, she's like, oh, George, it's not the right time. It's too risky. And everyone's saying, no, 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 you shouldn't do it. Mm. And, and what that did is give me uncertainty. You know what I mean? However, you've known me for a while. I don't listen to what people tell me to do. I just did it anyway. Yes. Right? I just did it anyway. And I was yes. lucky that I did it anyway because that first property, I paid 180000 Now it's worth over a million dollars. So, you know, that's almost like, a, you know, imagine that someone says a negative word to you at a barbecue and you lose a million dollars dollars worth of income. That would really suck. Now, the challenge is this happens to a lot of people. You know, they go on the investing journey and they'll go to the barbecue or talk to their friends. Their friends will go, oh, no, it's too risky. You know, don't do it. I think part of the reason is these people themselves are probably scared to do it themselves. So they don't want you doing it either. Not in a bad way, but unconsciously, because then you're going further ahead. They don't feel comfortable with you becoming more successful, maybe. I don't know. How do you do this? What do you do? Yeah, well said, well said. Often when you talk about your goals and dreams with people who either lack goals and dreams or keep themselves small and, and people who are insecure, Sometimes when you talk about the things you want to do, it pushes the insecurity buttons and, and that's why the negative response comes out. It's reflecting their own view of the world, reflecting their own beliefs about what they believe they can and cannot do. Yes. So just realise it's their beliefs. It's not your beliefs unless you choose to adopt those beliefs. Okay, so I think the, the most important thing to do is just realise that everyone has an opinion based on their values and beliefs which are different to yours. So the question is, the opinions they're giving, are they well-researched, educated opinions, or are they just based off, you know, a headline or something they read somewhere and now they're an overnight expert? So just be mindful of that. Yeah. Beautiful, Vesta, beautifully said. So if you've got to get an opinion of someone, get an opinion of someone where their opinion counts. Exactly. So, for example, if I want to go work out and I'm talking to Mr. Australia, well, I'm going to listen to it. Yes. But I'm not going to listen to my next-door neighbour that sits on the couch all day eating potato chips. If you're going to exactly. listen to about property, don't listen to someone that's broke and doesn't have 20 properties. Talk mm -hmm. to me who's got 40 properties. Even better. And that's the way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it goes back to having enough inner certainty in yourself that other people's opinions don't matter. Yeah, that you commit to your goals, you follow through on your goals. And obviously if it's um, you know, a partner, in a, in a relationship, and you, you obviously need to get them on board if you know it's a joint financial decision. You both need to agree. It needs to be a win-win. So perhaps get them involved in the education space as well. Get them involved with you know some of these um, you know online sessions. Uh, get them talking to George and his team as well, so that they have peace of mind um, and they understand the ins and outs rather than just go on something they might have just read here and there. So I think. Inner certainty is critical because if, if, for example, if I'm if I'm 
the person that's just asked the question and uh, I'm at a barbecue and I mentioned to one of my family members, hey, I'm just going to get a, an investment property. I'm really excited. And if I say it in an uncertain way and I don't believe it, that I can actually achieve it, it's going to come across. They're going to pick up my uncertainty and they're going to reflect it back to me like a mirror and show me my inner uncertainty. People pick up your vibe, yeah, by your tone of voice, by your posture. So you, if you come across as totally certain, they're less likely to be negative. That is brilliant. Very good. I like that. And uncertainty um, is a certain tone as well, isn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, because um, as you as your tone was when you're uncertain, is if at the end of the sentence you go up an octave, that shows uncertainty because it sounds like a question. Exactly. But so, if you go down an octave, then uh-huh. it sounds like command. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, like if I'm at a barbecue and I say, just to demonstrate to people, so if I'm at a barbecue and so say, I need to get an investment property. That's very uncertain. That sounds like a question. You're not actually telling me something. Exactly. And exactly. But if you say, hey, I'm going to buy an investment property. Spot on. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so we've got another question here. We've got some great questions, by the way, guys. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know you have limited beliefs but don't know how to change them, what would you suggest? Uh, so the question is, um, are you clear about the specific limiting belief? Sometimes people think that what the belief is is the actual belief, but beliefs come in layers. Yes, it's really important to get to the core limiting belief to identify that first and then change it. Okay, so make sure you're working on the right thing uh, because sometimes what we think is a limiting belief is not a limiting belief. Okay, so could the um, the person who asked the question maybe give me an idea what they think the belief is and I can maybe help out? That'd be great. That'd be great. And while we're waiting for that, I'll go to the next question because they're coming in thick and fast. It's great. <laughs> Kathy's saying, hi, George Makoski, Dr. Vesna, live. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Welcome. What to do when you're motivated and already have two properties and ready to take action, but you're treated like a rookie and you feel alone even after joining this program? Wow. Okay. Thanks for you, George. <laughs> yeah, look, um, well, you're the doctor. <laughs> yeah, so look. At the end of the day, if you've already got two properties, you're ready to take action, what you need to do is maybe get your partner to come along to these live sessions um, on Thursday night and interact with us because, you know, if they've got questions, if they've got limiting beliefs, maybe they can ask us the question and we can help them there. That could be a good idea. Um, I think that could be one way to talk to your coach and see if your coach can help you and, you know, but getting them on Thursday is a good idea. Get them more information. I really feel that if someone is not supporting you in your journey, it's because they're insecure, because they don't understand how powerful this is and what it's going to do for you, and that's the problem. And it's not their fault. That's what I want to say. So if people have got a limiting belief or they're negative, it's not their fault. They don't know any better. But unfortunately, it's not going to help you either. You know what I mean? That's the problem because you really um, want to work on that. And I think definitely give feedback to whoever's part of the program. Give feedback because, you know, people are not mind readers. Sometimes if you're feeling a particular way and you're not expressing it, um, they don't know how to help you because you haven't expressed it. So definitely give them feedback. I'm sure they'll be open uh, to the feedback, right, George? Yep, yep. Yep. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, George. Um, My panel is inclined with me. I'm talking about the program. Okay, in time, what does that mean? 
Oh, okay. I think that was a follow-up question to the previous one, George, uh, in terms of feedback about the program. So um, I, I would definitely talk to your coach and um, express any concerns with them. I think it's really important to have open, honest communications with people anytime you have any concerns with anyone. Um, you know, express your concerns because often people uh, don't know how to help you unless you tell them if something's not working and also tell them what is working. I think you can both positive and constructive feedback. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's very important to communicate with people, definitely. Okay, so next question. Um, before we go to this question, I've got a, a, a interesting thing I saw in the paper today. Okay. And that Labor proposed last week to pay around $300 to get vaccinated. Isn't that interesting? And the thing is, I really think it's a bad idea, and I'll tell you why, because it's psychology. Because usually, if you're getting paid to do something, it's something you don't want to do. And so if you're paying people to get vaccinated, you're trying to say, well, vaccinating is not that good. So I think it's going to backfire. Luckily, our Labor Liberal Party went against it, but I'm just interested about the psychology behind that, about paying people to get vaccinated and if it's going to work. Because I think some people do it, but I think a lot of people go, well, if I'm getting paid for it, it must be really bad. I'm not doing it. So you might actually do the opposite, get the opposite effect, unintended consequences. Yeah, people are different. Some people are, are going to be motivated by the carrot yeah. of money. Other people won't be motivated by it. They'll, they'll think, what's the catch? Uh, or they will uh, rebel against it because that's their personality. So, you know, people are different. They'll respond differently. Yeah. That's right. So I've got another Facebook user saying, how do you get over your bad relationship with money? Like growing up poor, having fear about spending money, bad past experiences, etc. Okay. Now that's a big one. That's a big one. Okay. So um, very important to identify all the emotions and beliefs around money as well as any um, habits around money. You know, are you overspending? Are you saving? Uh, you know, and so forth. Um, and then address each of those. Okay. So the techniques I use work on a subconscious level to reprogram those beliefs and to reprogram those self-doubts and emotions very quickly. Um, so um, there's a lot of ways of doing it very quickly. So some individual habits we can address in about 10 minutes if they stand alone, if there's no deeper issues, uh, and other habits uh, if it's part of an overall sabotage pattern can take a number of hours. So uh, it really depends on exactly uh, what we're working on. So the first step will be to identify exactly what that bad relationship with money is, what all the beliefs and emotions, etc., are, and then work through them. Yeah, and look, I, I see that happen all the time, and I find um, what happens is where people join our program, and you know we've got a twelve-step process. So you go one step at a time to make it safe and put in just one big step. And so it's nice little chunk. And what people do is they go along, and one or two things happen. They hit a first roadblock, and you know what? When you invest in property, you're going to hit roadblocks. That's a fact of life. Like, if you're not hitting a roadblock, you know, that's your very, very rare because it's just going to happen. And I've bought so many properties I know. And even as an expert property, I hit roadblocks. And there's two types of people. When people hit a roadblock, they're like, oh, my God, there's a roadblock. It wasn't meant to be. Oh, no, I'm not going to do it. They convince themselves because they're always sabotaging themselves not to do it. Yeah. Yep, so how, how, do, how, how do you help people overcome that? Okay, so I think um, it's, it's also how you, how you look at it, your perspective. My view is that um, when there's a roadblock, it's the universe testing your commitment to your goals, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, you're being tested. Do you really want this goal? 
what are you prepared to do to make it happen? Okay. And usually these obstacles happen when things are going pretty smooth. Okay. Things are going pretty smoothly and then a roadblock happens and it's testing you. Okay. Are you really that committed to this property journey, for example? And what are you prepared to do? Show me you're committed is pretty much what the universe is telling you. Show me you're committed. Show me action. Find another way. Uh, show me your flexibility. Um, and if you really want this, show me you want it. Okay, so uh, the people that don't have the fears and self-doubts will find a way. The ones that do have fears and self-doubts will usually give up. Yep, that's really well said. That's excellent. And then I find a second top person. They go all the way and they're two steps away from the finish line. Uh-huh. And they give up. Okay. They're just there. The finish line's right next to them. And they're like, that's it. I've had enough. I can't do it. And it's like, okay. oh, my God, just get that gold medal, please. Just get across, you know, after the Olympics. Just do it. Yeah. So it sounds like it could be something like a fear of success. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Or maybe they don't believe they're worthy or deserving of having what they want. Okay, so these are possible beliefs that are causing them to um, – you know, jump ship just before the end line. Yeah, because that's crazy, isn't it? When you've done ninety nine percent of the work, and right yeah. at the end, you're just there at the finish line. Yeah, that's right. And these beliefs, limiting beliefs, don't make sense. Usually, they're irrational. So, mm-hmm. that's right. Okay, a few property investors and financial planners have spoken with us saying now is a seller's market. But I'm keen to get investment property as I don't see price going backwards. What's your opinion? Well, I think I'll answer this question. So. <laughs> okay, so look, um, I'm actually um, going to be doing an article for the Financial Review in a couple of weeks' time about this actual topic. So one thing, Warren Buffett, you've probably heard of Warren Buffett. He's one of the biggest investors in the world when it comes to stocks. Well, Warren Buffett and I have got a similar system of investing, right? We do the opposite of what most people do. So it is a seller's market right now. I only buy in a seller's market. I don't buy in a buyer's market. That's the key. So, yes, it is a seller's market, and now's the time to buy. So people that say don't buy in a seller's market, they don't actually understand how money and property works. That's the problem. So what a seller's market means is there's a lot of competition because there's a lot of up between the properties, and because of that, it's hard to find the property and sellers getting the price they want. What a buyer's market means is there's lots of properties available and vendors are willing to give massive discounts just to get rid of their properties. That's a buyer's market. Now, you can imagine a buyer's market is like catching a falling knife. I mean, you're buying something where everyone's discounting it and then when you buy it, it's going to go down even more. But a seller's market is buying something that's going to go up. So you've got to think opposite. Whatever everyone else is doing, think the opposite and you usually you know, don't follow all the sheep, don't follow the herd. That's it. This is a big one. Um, I don't even think I can read it all. Let's have a look here. Um, I've worked in the legal industry most of my working life for about a year now. I've been contemplating whether to jump ship into a new role at a real estate job as part of my investment journey to learning more about the property market. Do you think this is wise? Okay. Um, Vesna? Okay. So um, I never give advice to people. I always help them to make a decision that's right for them. Okay, so for me, it's very important that you back yourself. Whatever you want to do, you need to back yourself 100%. So I'll give you an example. About 20 years ago, I left the corporate world. I used to work for one of the top four major banks as an economist and corporate strategist. 
And so I had my crystal ball predicting exchange rates, interest rates, and growth around the world. And I decided to jump ship, back myself, and 20 years later, here I am running my own company. So it's really, really important that you get clear about exactly what you want to do, which seems like you've got a pretty good idea. Vuka, is it? Yes, Vuka. And also then put in place a transition plan. Put in place a transition plan and make sure you have enough self-belief and self-trust to make it happen, to follow through with action. Okay, so address any fears and self-doubts, but that way you totally believe that that's the right decision for you and then you follow through and make it a success. That's really, really important. Absolutely. I really believe that if you find something you love and you're willing to work really hard, you will be successful. Absolutely. The key is loving what you do and working really hard. And you can't do it without the work. So, you know, I work, I work for a big corporate as well and I left to start my own business and everyone's saying, George, don't do it. You know, it's stupid, it's risky. You know, because I, I, you know, I had a company card, a BMW expense account, I was staying in the nicest hotels around Australia. I was living it up and I was making lots of money. But I wasn't happy. And at the end of the day, I thought to myself, you know what, I want to be authentic and true to myself. And I'd rather try and fail, at least try to do something, than on my deathbed say, oh, I was so safe. I stayed for this big corporate and did everything they were asking me to do. So I'd rather do it. So me personally, I think, you know, if you're confident enough, if you love it, if you're willing to commit and work as hard as you can, you should do it. But if you think it's going to be easy, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> because anything worthwhile is hard. That's the fact of it. Seriously. Yeah, you need to take action, absolutely, like, like anything. You know, even in your job, you're taking action. So you need to make sure in your own business you take action and keep yourself accountable to your goals as well. Yep. So, Mario, I'm not comfortable telling family and friends that I'm going to buy an investment property. I guess I don't want to hear negativity. And look, you know, that's fair enough and you don't have to, right? So I, I really there's, – there's two schools of thought, right? I'm going to turn off this um, – phone, it's making a noise. There's two schools of thought. One school of thought is don't tell anyone your dreams, your goals, right? Keep them hidden. And I get that. And the reason is because people poo-poo on your goals and dreams and they can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the other one is just tell people anyway. And I sort of do a bit of both because I find I've got very big goals and a lot of times around people, when I talk about my goals, I feel like I'm bragging almost. I don't want to do it, but, you know, I just, I've just got big goals. So I can't help it. And I almost do it in embarrassment sometimes. You know, and I'm part of some business groups. I'm like, oh, I want to do this. And they look at me like, wow, that's a big goal. And I go, yeah, but, you know, but that's just me. But I think if you're not comfortable, just don't say anything. It's fine. So, hey, Vesna, hey, George, how do I learn to believe in myself and take my own advice that I dish out to others? Okay. So, yes, you need to work out what's preventing you from having total belief in yourself. Uh, identify your fears and self-doubts. Uh, let them go. And then um, follow your own advice is going to be much easier. It'll be automatic for you. Okay, so it's really important to identify what's holding you back from totally believing in yourself right now. That's the first step. Yeah. Yep. So when I first started out in this whole self-development, self-improvement journey, mm -hmm. I did this thing called daily declarations. I don't know if you know much about that. I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, so what you do is you write all these positive things about money, wealth, being generous, being a good person, being fit, anything anything you want in your life. And you write it all out in a positive manner so your brain can't process negatives. Then you put it on post-it notes and stick it on your mirror, stick it in your car, stick it everywhere, and you brainwash yourself. Now, I did that for a while, and 
I think it worked. Okay. I've got a slightly different view, George. I've got a, uh, my view is that um, affirmations, uh, which is sort of similar to what you're saying, affirmations yeah, yeah. work best when you truly believe them. Okay, because yeah, my experience has been a little bit different. Um, I did affirmations for two years straight. Um, I'd say in 20 minutes uh, on the way to work and on the way back from work while driving, people thought I was crazy <laughs> looking at me talking to myself. And I didn't believe a word of it, so nothing changed. Oh, you didn't believe it. That was the problem. Yes, that's the key. Uh-huh. You need to believe your affirmations. Well, I yeah? believe my affirmations. I, I really believe believe yes. Yes, 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 yes. So you need to believe what you affirm uh, because otherwise you're just beating your subconscious mind into submission, which never ends well. No, if you don't believe it, you're doing the opposite. That's right. No, because what happens if you say, I'm going to be rich and you don't believe it, then you're thinking of being poor because your brain can't do an opposite. So that's the big challenge you've got to watch out for because affirmations, if you don't believe the affirmation, you're going to create the opposite thing because you're going to think the opposite every time you say it which is the worst, yeah. So, no, I agree, I agree. You really have to believe it or have the positive image and really fine-tune that. So what's the better way of doing it then, Desto? Yeah, so the better way is um, rather than affirm, the better way is to actually believe what you want to believe. So work on any fears and self-doubts that are in conflict with what you want to believe um, and then you believe it and you don't need to affirm it. Yep, and someone just confirmed, Kathy. Affirmatives work, affirmations work best if you believe, also create a vision board. Absolutely. Yes, I, I, love, I love vision boards. I, you know, I've, I've still got my original vision board from the 1990s. I love it. It's so exciting. Right. I love going back. Because I haven't done one recently because I've sort of, I've done goal setting and vision boards for years and years. I think I did my first one when I was about 18. So, you know, I've had 30 years of doing goals. So now... Almost don't even have to write it because they're so clear in my brain, but I still write them down because I like written goals. But I find having goals to drive you and push you forward is so good. It's so exciting. Goals are very important because goals give you direction. Uh, They give you certainty because you know where you're going. Uh, And when you achieve them, you get success, you feel confident, and that motivates you to then go to the next level. Very important. That's right. Nico says, you have one life and one crack at it. Go for it and leave negative thoughts behind. Keep things close to your chest and be a quiet achiever. Nico, thank you so much for your participation. Uh, Nico is one of our members from Plimbian. Uh, I've known him for like 15 years. The great guy is awesome. Big shout out to Nico. How are you, mate? Great. Yeah, good advice. Mm. What tips do you have for emotional regulation so that you cannot get as triggered in situations? Ah, okay. That's very good. Yes. That's great, great, great question. Okay, so I'm going to um, do a little exercise with everyone. Yeah, let's do it. Do us an exercise. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to do is just ask the audience. Uh, you know the answer, probably George. So this is for the audience. But I'll one more thing, just wanted to say, this also going in our podcast. Is it okay if people are driving, or do they have to stop the car? Uh, your eyes will be closed for part of it, so you may need to pull over if you do it, yes. or you can do it when you listen to the recording. Yes, so please don't be doing this while you're driving, yes. just in case. You know, I don't want to be liable. After George, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's do this exercise. People say very, good. very good ecology check. Thank you, George. No <laughs> okay, great. So now let's talk about uh, control, okay, because that's related to this question. Who can tell me, who in amongst the listeners can tell me what are four things, four things that you can personally control? 
four things. Any ideas? If someone wants to type them into the questions, answers. Thoughts. Thoughts. Yes, excellent. Well done. Thoughts is the first one. Great, 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 great. Excellent. Three more. What else can you personally control? Emotions. Emotions. Very good. Thoughts, emotions. Yeah, I don't know. Um, hat comes out of your mouth. Oh, what comes out of your mouth, yeah? Hat. 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 <laughs> hat comes out of your mouth. I don't understand that. Thank okay. you. Actions, thoughts, words, words and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good, very good. Mindset, behaviour, what what comes out of your mouth? As in, that was, I think that's Chris, he said had before, he meant yeah, what? he said what, yeah, what comes out of your mouth? Yeah, what, oh, what comes out now again, yes. Your goals, people, thoughts, emotions. Uh-huh, very good, very good. Okay, choice. Great, excellent answers, everyone. Values, great. Yeah. So. Four things, four things you can personally control. Firstly, how you think. Secondly, how you feel. Thirdly, how you act, your behaviour. And fourthly, how you influence other people through your communication. Okay, so there are four things you can personally control. Everything else is beyond your control. Okay, so it's really important to stay focused on you, what's within your control. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... If people have buttons of fear, okay, unresolved fear, okay, so if someone has unresolved fear, then it's going to be very easy for people to push that fear button, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's already there inside of you, okay? But if you have no unresolved fear, no one's able to push that button because it doesn't exist, okay? So that's how you make sure that you are not triggered. Deal with your emotional buttons, okay? So I'm going to take everyone for a little exercise to show you that no one can control you unless you give them permission, okay? So people who are driving, avoid doing this right now, maybe what a recording. Uh, Everybody else, I will get you to close your eyes, please, including you, George, please. Okay, so with your eyes closed, I'd like you to go ahead and put your hands on your lap. And now put your feet together. And now go to the corner and stand on your head, please. (laughs) Very good, George. (laughs) Okay, so notice that you close your eyes. You put your feet together, you put your hands on your lap, you were happy to do all of that, but you weren't happy to stand in the corner on your head. No, that was difficult. I couldn't stand on my head. Yeah. Okay. So my point is this. I cannot make you stand on your head in the corner. No one can make you do anything you don't want to do. Okay? You always have choice. That's really important for you to know. Okay? Now, sometimes it doesn't appear like you have choice because of those emotional buttons. When you get triggered, it appears like you don't have choice. Mm-hmm. If you want to have more choice, if you want to have more freedom of thought, action, behavior, um, and um, thought, action, and, and emotions, then it's really important to address those emotional buttons. 
Okay, so therefore you're in total control of you, you're in total control of how you think, feel and act and what you create in your life. Okay, because when you have no fear, you can't be controlled. No. Yeah. Yes, of course. And, I mean, that's, I guess it's easier to control people that are easily triggered. You know, and that's the fact of it. That's right. Because then you can just push their buttons and move them around. And um, the less, but you know, the more calm and relaxed you can become, the more stoic you become. And, look, I think part of it is, you know, practice, because I remember whenever anyone used to come back for an appointment, I used to get pissed off because my time's valuable, right? And they're disrespecting me. But then um, I recently, several years ago, I decided from now on, if someone comes late, I'm going to take this opportunity to relax. And then I'm going to thank them for being late. So what I do come late, and I go, you know, thank you so much for being late because I've got a chance out of my day to just sit here and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And after the first few times, you know, I just said it, I didn't really mean it. But now, actually, I do mean it and I quite enjoy it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that you can get used to, a lot of stuff. Because really, all it is is, um, you know, I don't know what happened to them. They may have been caught up in traffic or whatever. It may not be nothing. It's nothing personal to me. No. It's got nothing to do with me. That's right. That's the that's the point. And I think part of that is that the triggering thing is that whole personal thing, isn't it? It is exactly. Uh, people only take things personally when it's a personal emotional belief that needs to be addressed. Uh, when you're objective, it just happens. Yep, and that's what's happening with COVID at the moment. So, for example, you've got one camp saying, have the vaccine, otherwise you're a bad human and everyone's going to die because of you. And the other people are saying, don't have the vaccine because if you have the vaccine, you're a sheep people and, you you know, Bill Gates is going to put 5G inside your veins and blah, blah, blah. And both sides have got their opinion and they both get triggered by each other. However, we're both they're both looking for safety and of the community and everyone else, just in different directions. We're both at the same goal. But it's yes. funny how it gets triggered by it, you know. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, um, and and the, I think the most important thing in any situation where there's a difference of opinion, you know, whether it's this situation, family barbecue, relationship conversation, when there's a difference of opinion, it's really important for people to respect differences. Uh, where we get into challenges is where people want to be right Somebody wants to be right and make other people wrong. Everyone has their own perspective. Uh, everyone's right in their own view of the world. And we just need to learn to listen and understand and appreciate the differences and find common ground. Yep. And one thing you taught me, Dr. Vester, is respect other people's model of the world. Exactly. And I think it's very powerful. And I love that. I use it all the time. Because at the end of the day, if someone believes something, I respect that they believe it. I don't have to believe it. That's you know? right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And um, that's pretty important. Yes. Cool. Wonderful. Everyone's gone quiet. Everyone's gone quiet. Well, whatever they close their eyes, they're probably going to sleep. <laughs> no, no, they're all there. They're all there. Uh, we have a choice unless we get triggered. We have choice unless we get triggered. So remove those factors to leave fulfilling life. We are all human. We must listen to respect. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much. That's true. Definitely. Yeah, so look, you know, so today we spoke about, you know, negative emotions, fear. We spoke about limiting beliefs and um, no one can make you do what you don't want to do. And we spoke about how to sort of um, talk with certainty 
and create more certainty. Anything else that you'd like to cover specifically today, Vesna? Okay, well, I guess as, as a sort of summary, buy five things to keep in mind for creating certainty. Oh, look, that's great. Yes, let's do this. This, this might be a little bit of an action plan for everybody. So the first thing is to remember uh, that you are in control, okay? And if you want to get more control of yourself, address any fears, self-doubts, and insecurities, okay? And that will give you inner certainty, okay? Because then you'll be certain in yourself and believe whatever you want to pursue, regardless of what people think or say. So that's number one. Uh, secondly, definitely set goals. Have goals because they give you certainty of direction and they also give you certainty when you achieve them. If you have a sense of success and you believe in yourself and that you can do it again. It's very important. Mm -hmm. um, thirdly, focus on what you want. Okay, Avoid dwelling on what could go wrong Okay, because either way you're going to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. This has been proven through studies that your brain is unable to distinguish between what's vividly imagined and what's real. So if you vividly imagine a worst-case scenario, guess what? You'll get it. If you vividly imagine a best-case scenario, you'll get it as well. Okay, so focus on what you want. And if you're going to do a what-if, make it a positive what-if rather than a negative what-if. Okay, very important. Um, and number four, take action, critical. It's really important to take action. Uh, because that breeds success, creates momentum, builds your confidence, and just grows your success and certainty as well. And finally, and importantly, create a supportive environment, which means be careful who you surround you, yourself with at work and socially and personally. Uh, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch, okay, what you read. All of that feeds your brain, either positively or negatively. Over 20 years, I've said the news is National Depression Hour. Avoid it. Exactly. I totally agree. Don't watch the news. I don't, I've, I've, I've watched TV for 20 years straight now, if not longer, and especially news that I watch that because all it does is give you all this negative stuff around the world. That's right. And, and if you watch that every day, I mean, a lot of people start that in the morning. They spend half an hour of negativity. Imagine that every day. You wake up. Get negative brainwashed, then go to work, and then they've got negative people at work. Maybe they've got some negative people at home. There's too many negatives, right? What you can do is slowly try to get rid of the negative people around you bit by bit, very important, and get people that are supportive and people that support you, that care about you, and want you to be the best you can be. Very important. It is because your environment will complement your inner certainty then rather than sabotage it. Yes, because uh, Jim Brown says you're the sum of the five people around you. So you really want to make sure you hang out the right people. And look, if you want to hang out some positive people, come here Thursday night and instead of going to the news every morning, every Thursday night, get a bit of dose of positivity in the Positive Property Show on our on our podcast or here at the Australian Property Chat. Yep. So someone said, um, what about expectations? How do we deal with expectations not being met? Okay, so are these your own expectations or other people's expectations of you? Um so, well, assume it's your own expectations. If it is your own expectations, you need to just be mindful that when you're setting expectations, you have realistic expectations of yourself. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example. This is like a little example I give of myself uh, just to put things in uh, perspective. Um, I'm a pretty basic swimmer. I taught myself how to swim in my 20s. And my best swim stroke is a doggy paddle. True story. 
Yeah. Yeah, true story. So if I wanted to be in the Australian Swimming Olympic team at the next Olympics and I set that as a goal for myself, would that be realistic? No. 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 So that would be an unrealistic expectation and I would be setting myself up to fail. Okay, so it's really important to make sure that your expectations are realistic based on your level of skill, the people and resources you have around you that can support you in achieving what you want to achieve, and your self-belief. Now, I believe anything's possible provided you have those things in place. So just make sure you always set yourself up for success. Otherwise, it leads to disappointment and negative self-talk. Absolutely. That was excellent. Thank you. It's true. I find education having a positive attitude where everyone gets you ahead and recognised. Yes, true. And Mario says, thanks, Vesta. You've helped me more than you can imagine. Smiling. Very welcome. Thank you, Mario. Pleasure. That's awesome. Awesome to see that people are getting benefit of this already, which is excellent. Yeah. So, look, you know, mindset is very important and getting the right mindset. Any other little tricks you've got day to day? I mean, how do you get away from negative people? What if you're stuck with them? What do you do? do? How do you handle them? Ah, okay. So in what sort of situation? Okay. So, for example, some people have got no choice, but they have to work with some negative people. Maybe they're even married to one or live with one, and then they're stuck. And, like, unfortunately, if you're married to a negative person, what do you do? I mean, some people don't have the choice of divorce. Maybe they do, or maybe they don't want to get divorced, but... How do, you, how do you create that situation to be better for you? Okay, so very, very good question, George, very good question. So it comes back to communication, okay? So people that are negative will t- typically use negative language in the communication. They'll say, oh, no, no, don't do property investing because um, what if this goes wrong or these are the problems? And they'll be all negative. They'll, they'll give you all the negative words why not to do it, Yeah. Uh, you know, we need to minimise the risk, what are the consequences? Um, and so their language will be all negative. Uh, people who are more positive-focused, the language will be positive. You know, they want to invest in property to, you know, get capital growth, um, you know, residual income, whatever you want to call it, yeah, whatever benefits. Um, and so they're, like, talking two different languages. One is talking positive language, one is talking negative language. So you need to match the other person's language. So, for example, um, you may want to say to somebody, I think it's important to get into property in order to avoid uh, not having the retirement we want. So notice we're putting in a not, okay, because that's the language that appeals to a negative person. Wow, I like that. Interesting. Yep. So you tell them about things that you want to avoid, problems you can avoid, um, how, how you're going to minimise the risks. All of that language will appeal to negative people. Uh-huh. Why are people negative? Why are people negative anyway? Why? Why are they negative? Oh, gosh. A uh, number of reasons. It could be because they have their own insecurities. So that's the, probably the biggest one. Um, and they've had past bad experiences maybe for whatever reason. Um, and thirdly, because their model of the world is they always look at what could go wrong rather than the positives of the situation. It's just okay. the way... The brain is wired up to look for negatives rather than positives. Uh, in NLP, we call it toward for positive and away from for negative. Okay, yeah, because I've, I've found one thing, a bit of a theme with some people, uh, but I'm not going to mention all the people, but I'm going to mention the theme. So we've got sometimes we've got couples that have joined our program, and what we're finding lately 
is a lot of women are really getting strong about finances and wanting to create financial freedom. And I think it's fantastic. It's awesome. And when they get involved in the program and want to start investing, we find the man gets a bit insecure and then starts going against it because he can see they're getting more confident and they're trying to create a better future. And I think there's a lot of insecurity going on there trying to hold them back. You know what I mean? And um, it's really good to see that um, you know, women are taking control and getting in there. It's our fastest growing demographic of people joining our program is women, funny enough. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of powerful women out there take control over the future, which I think is great. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think it's important that, um, you know, both people in a relationship are on the same page um, and as much as possible, you know, they, they grow at a similar rate. That'll help them to um, just, you know, align more rather than go in separate directions. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to do, I suppose, but you're right, definitely, because, I mean, over a long enough period, even 1% divergence per year can be quite a bit. So Indeed. you've sort of um, got to try to catch up and do whatever. Otherwise, yes. you can grow apart, definitely, definitely. And, um, you, know, you know, as you know, Anthony Robbins talks about constant never-ending improvement, it's one of my favourite things to do, you know what I mean? Even if it's a little bit at a time, I just love trying to improve myself in different areas, you know. Yeah, and I guess uh, different people in a relationship can have different um, tolerance of risk as well. You know, some may be more uh, averse to risk, some may love the risk, some may want to stay in a comfort zone longer than another. So there's you know, a different dynamic going on there as well. Exactly, exactly, and that that's the fact of it. And it's not a matter of risk and reward because, you know, some people are too risky and some people are too safe. And being too safe is bad, being too risky is bad. You've got to get in between because if you don't risk, you're not going to really get anywhere, right? Because, you know, because there's a lot of people, what happens, and this is interesting actually, you know, they'll reach out to me and they've, they've, they've talked to Belinda about our program. They're not sure about it. They ring me and go, George, you know, I want to talk to you about the program. You know, can you promise me it's not risky? And I go, no, I can't do that. <laughs> okay, if I told you, I'd be lying to you. Yes. You know, how could I do that? I wouldn't be authentic or couldn't be saying that. Because everything in life is risky. I mean, you know, getting out of bed is risky. Walking across the street is risky. Ordering, you know, a coffee could be risky. You might spill on your time. You know, if you want safety, we can put you in a nice little padded room, a nice little jacket, and give you three meals a day, and you live to a ripe old age. What a way to live. Yeah. You know, I reckon risk is worth it, but not too crazy. I mean, you know, we don't want to go skydiving anything like that. Have you ever been skydiving? No, not skydiving. No. Um, I've um, what have I? I've done like, some risky things. I've uh, walked on hot coals about four times. Um, I've uh, what else have I done? I've done white water rafting. Um, I've um, yeah, done some other crazy things as well. But still here. <laughs> look, um, Kathy said my father told me you have to take risks to see. Now look, let's talk about the firewalk. The firewalk is pretty amazing experience. Yes, because. You know, just to give people an indication, this is Anthony Robbins. He does the firewalk experience. And uh, my alarm's gone off. We've got five minutes, guys. So bring in your quick question. We have to cut off after five because we're going to the private group. We're going to the Black Belt members. But um, it's dark. We've got African bongos playing. And you can see this fire lane of coals. They're about how many metres? About five metres long? Four metres? Uh, I did one that was 50 foot in Hawaii. So there was a, a longer one I did. Yeah. Wow, wow. Anyway, so they're about six metres long. And... You, you, you go barefoot, and as you walk in closer to the fire, your face feels the heat from down there, and it's like hot. And you're like, oh, my God. It's like and you're sitting there, 
And you've seen people walk across it. Tony Robbins tells you it's safe. But your mind is screaming saying, no, don't do it. And that first step is so difficult, isn't it? Mentally. Yeah, well, it, it can be. Uh, my very first fire walk, um, I didn't do because I freaked out. Um, but then uh, I worked on myself and I did four after that successfully. So it is very much about your mindset, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, once you get on there, you've got no choice, you keep going, <laughs> and then, you know, you're fine. So I've got someone saying, I've spoken to a number of buyer advocate companies. Are they generally profitable or is it just, just buying property premium? Look, I don't know. I mean, look, what you want to do, personally, I think you want to join a buyer's group, right? That's what we are. We're a buyer's group. So what we do is, as a group, we get better deals. A lot of people go to realestate.com or domain. I call that real estate porn because, you know, people are watching it every night religiously and it's not, it's not satisfying because the properties, once they get there, it's too late. What we want to do is we want to get properties before they even go there. I get them off market if I can. We get direct with the developer. And we sometimes get wholesale pricing and get it before they go there. And that's the way to do it. So the buyer advocate companies, depending on the company, do your research, make sure it's a buyer's group, make sure they know what they're doing and they're an expert, check them out, go to one of their Facebook groups or go check out their podcast. And if they're good, if you if you if the reviews are good and you think they're good, go for it. Anyway, um, that's about it for us tonight. So, Vesna, Dr. Vesna Rubich, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm very grateful that you came along. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was great. And I really love going back to um, the firewalk. You know, tonight we talked about fear. We spoke about how to have more certainty and what to do with negative people around you. And I think it was great. Now, where can people find you? Okay, so if anybody wants to uh, access some free NLP resources, if you go onto my website, uh, QT, the letter Q, the letter T, the word transformation.com, so qttransformation.com, uh, and there's some free resources you can help yourself to and empower yourself. And uh, reach out if there's any questions you have. Happy to help. So, guys, look, as you know, we're here every Thursday night, same time, same back channel. And we love talking property, we love talking mindset, we love talking positivity. Um, I really appreciate all of you guys as a group. Lots of love to everyone. Um, you guys are great. Love you guys. Look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Keep up the good work. Keep smiling. You know, chase off those negative people. Learn a bit of Kung Fu and you'll be fine. Thank you, Dr. Vesner. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful and please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful in investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated, to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taken into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisors actually achieve the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. 
We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.